this is Kenya, and welcome to my magical cottage core life. Today, we're looking at the winter, and we're dealing with the now cold, now semi-cold, now bitter cold, and now just wet and soggy weather of Michigan, January 2023, in the United States. I have to point that out because not every country is on our same calendar with the same year. So I'm specifically talking about Michigan. And while I'm recording this, we have a plane flying overhead. I don't know if you can hear that. Not far from the Army Tank Command over here, so we get that a lot. So if you hear that in the background, just ignore it. But it's so bleak and so soggy, you know? But this is a great time to think about an activity you can do on a weekend as long as it's not super snowy out and as long as it's a relatively dry day. This is something that you and your friends or a group of people like a civic group or someone can get together and do and maybe get a reward or two for it too. Not like a cash reward though. More like a finding stuff reward. What am I talking about? Well, this would be a great time of year to go out and do a beach clean. I know, right? You weren't expecting that. But this is the time of year to do it. And you'll get a little reward at the end if you do. Maybe. So open up your big book of stuff and turn to the section on environmental cleanup. And let's get started. Today's episode sponsor is Julie Fournier. Art as unique as you are that makes you happy. Julie is located in Hazel Park, Michigan. Her art is known far and wide across the state and parts of the Midwest. Her art is available for viewing online at www.juliefournier.com. That's J-U-L-I-E-F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R.com. I know my Michigan accent makes it a little difficult to understand what I'm saying sometimes when I pronounce certain words. That's why I try to make sure I pronounce these things as well as I can, but also spell them. Her art is as witty and creative as she is. For the last, oh, I don't know how many years, I've watched her organize art shows, create keepsake ornaments, work at different museums and event venues, and quite possibly paint the most unique eyeball portrait that I've ever seen. If you're interested in keepsake and bespoke art items, definitely contact her. Don't forget, juliefoynier.com. Now, let's get back to the show.
I live in Michigan. I think there's no secret to that. I've grown up around these lakes my entire life. I did live in California for a while, and I lived in Colorado for a while. But it was less than a full year, so it's a little bit different. The lakes in Colorado and the beach in California, they're completely different to what we have here. This is the land of the freshwater seas. And because of that, we have so much beachfront. And because we also have so many people, people like to use the beachfront, but not all the people are good to the beachfront. And they leave things behind. Not good things a lot of the time. There's so much plastic and glass and rubbish. It's terrible. And that's where we come in. That's where the people who care about not just now but the future get a chance to make a difference. You see, we have so much aquatic life and semi-aquatic life and beach life here that it would be horrible if we didn't take the time to try to help clean up the rest of our ecosystem a little bit. Everybody can do a little bit, you know, so that we can save it and preserve it and maybe restore some of it. We have so much fishing here and we have so many people who enjoy leisure sports on watercraft that cleaning up the beach should be one of the first things we learn as we are growing up. That when we see stuff on the beach, we pick it up and throw it away into the proper area. I'm not sure when that lesson began to not be taught as much or not be remembered, but it's really showing. Now in certain parts of Michigan, they're trying to, to restore that ethic of cleaning up. And because I am from Michigan, and because I love Michigan, I want to maybe help be in that group of people that's trying to restore that. So I'm going to share this with you, that we can make a difference and we can clean it up. I did an episode on the piping plover, I want to say last year. And one of the main things about the piping plover is that you don't really hear them in Michigan any longer. It's almost impossible to find someone over, no, under the age of about 40 that remembers hearing them on our beaches. And that's a shame. It's, it's really terrible. One of those reasons is not just the loss of habitat. It's because of us. It's, it's because of us. Not just because we're taking over the lakefront property, but because we're destroying our beaches. And part of that destruction has to do with trash. We leave garbage everywhere as a species if we're not taught better. 
We tear up lakefront property. We tear up beaches in our own, you know, goal of having fun. And then we don't teach our little ones to not, you know, leave it like we found it. And the goal is to leave it better than we found it. Now, the piping plover, if you remember that one episode, they make their nest on the beach. It's like in a clump of grass. So it's not going to be like in a tree or anything. They're like right there at ground level. And one of the things we do, we walk around and we don't look down and we just throw things everywhere. Well, when those waves come, they can throw those things back onto the beach Animals come around, they get caught in it. It's terrible. We should be able to fix that. And maybe, just maybe, if we clean it up and make it more welcoming to the natural grasses and ecosystem to come back, the plover will come back. That's just one way we can restore nature for the next generation. run out there with your shovels and your rakes, let's talk about what has to happen if you're organizing a large beach cleanup versus a small beach cleanup. If you're organizing a small beach cleanup, excuse me, I have a little frog in my throat. If you're organizing a small beach cleanup, like maybe less than seven people, not a big deal. You won't need to cover this with contacting the local authorities. But if it's a large beach cleanup, we're talking 15 people or so, it's always good to check with the conservation officers because you never know what might be in the area that needs to have special care with not disturbing it. There's different times of year when animals do things like leaving their eggs or they are migratory birds and you don't want to be in trouble with anyone for molesting wildlife. But right now on the beach... Here in Michigan, in most beaches, you should be okay. You you should be pretty much okay to, to clean up. But you can check with the officers just in case so that you're not doing anything and making something worse. One of the things you need to do is get your checklist together before you do this. And let's talk about that. So the first thing on your checklist is going to be making sure you have someone to take the, somewhere to take that garbage. I know, right? You weren't re- expecting that to be first, but it should always be first because that way you're not just trying to drive around finding somewhere to put it. You're not becoming bigger part of a bigger part of the problem by disposing of things inappropriately. You want to make sure you know where to go. Usually beaches have garbage cans and you can use them, but more often than not, you're not going to have enough space to put all the garbage in them that you're collecting if you're really doing a good clean. So have yourself a place to get rid of this garbage before you do it. Second checklist, have two different containers for each person or, or team when you're doing this. And the reason you're doing that is because You want glass to go into its own receptacle. It very much is its own thing. 
and you can take those to the recycling plants or you can leave those next to the garbage cans. And that way, the, the maintenance people can choose if there's a recycling center to take it there or they'll just take it with the rest of the trash. But at least you've tried. If you know where there's a glass recycling plant, this is a good time to take it yourself. You don't have to get a deposit. I know in Michigan we always get deposits on everything, but it's not about that this time. And you're doing a good thing, so let's try to make it just a little bit easier for those who might have to sort through that. The next thing on your checklist is you want to make sure you have the proper clothing. Dress in layers. You might get overheated even though it's winter. Make sure that you have things appropriate for the weather. If it's a great day, you don't have to worry about this, but if it has a chance of rain, you might not want to do that. But if you brave the weather and think, oh, I, all right, you know, it might not rain, have a rain poncho just in case, you know? Also, you want to make sure you have at least two pair of gloves. Gloves aren't that expensive. And the reason you're doing that is because picking up things on the beach, you might pick up broken glass or a jagged shell. You don't want to hurt yourself. There could be nails or whatnot. And even though we're taking precautions, nobody wants a cut at the beach. Nobody wants to be cut at all. So wear two pairs of gloves if you can. If you can't wear two pairs, wear a heavy pair of gardening gloves. That way you have some more protection. But I still recommend two pair, even if you don't wear them at the same time, just in case one gets uh, completely soaked or they get cut. Also make sure your, your shoes are closed. You don't want to wear sandals for this. Completely enclosed shoes are important just in case you cut your feet. Now I understand that on the beach we don't want to do that, but it's winter time and it's cold anyway, so your feet should be enclosed anyway. Wear something with a hard sole, uh, preferably thick rubber or leather, so that you don't hurt yourself if you step on something. Another thing you want to have, make sure you have, um, if you can find one, an apron for those who are working closer to the store. You don't, to the shore, not the store, <laughs> so that you don't soak yourself. And lastly, and this is very important, wear brightly colored clothing so that you can easily see each other and keep track of each other. While you're doing this, there's another piece of equipment that you want to keep, and that's an umbrella. But it's not for the rain this time. Just keep one you can hang off your belt or in your backpack or something. Why am I saying this? Because there may be geese. If there are geese, you are not to bother geese. Do not bother Canadian geese. You are not to molest wildlife. And while I understand the cobra chickens are everywhere, and you sometimes get a little annoyed, you can't bother them. But you also need to be able to defend yourself against them too. If you accidentally uh, get too close, they might try to attack you, and they can take a finger. So you want to be able to pull out an umbrella and open it up to keep them away. It works with wild turkeys too, just saying. And that way you can keep them from hurting you and you from hurting them while you leave the area. That's right, 
they have the right of way. The other thing is, is that you want to make sure you also have with you a very sturdy, very sturdy bags. Again, you want to make sure you're cleaning the beach, not just transporting the garbage to a single spot. if you're working together if it's a very large group or you know just make sure you see each other if it's a smaller group the best thing about a beach it's not easy to mark off areas and I do recommend marking off an area just trying to walk up and down the beach you can miss stuff give yourself a little bit of an area at a time maybe a 5 by 5 or 10 by 10 spot no need to be overly ambitious you don't have to rush take your time and just really look through that area, that 10 by 10 area. Why? Because this way, you make sure you get the whole section. Also, this is the time to pull out your garden rakes. Not the heavy metal ones, but the thin ones. The ones that are just basically for leaves. And you can start raking. I would generally recommend not getting a huge one Maybe the kids one, because you don't want to do too much disturbance of everything, especially this time of year, because um, it's really cold out. You don't want to just like try to work too hard. You're doing a surface clean during the, the winter. And just kind of rake everything, rake the sand a little bit, see if you can find any garbage. Bring yourself some tongs if you want. If you don't want to touch the stuff, that's fine. You could even bring a stick with a nail on the end of it, like a, the litter um, collectors that had in the old days. I used to have one of those with my dad when we used to pick up stuff that was garbage. But yeah, you can do that. And just put it into your garbage bag. Now, if you're super eco-friendly, you might have a reusable garbage bag and then just dump it into the receptacle at the beach. But if you don't, that's okay. That's absolutely fine. Just focus on your section and try to get as much as your section will allow you to pull up easily for that day. Remember I talked to you about Canadian geese? They poop. They leave poop everywhere. They defecate everywhere. So you're going to encounter poop. Poop happens. If you have a lot of it in your section, this is another reason why you want that nice little rake, because you can rake it up, and there's nothing wrong with getting rid of, of goose poop. It's fine. The, the beach will not be sad if you take away the goose poop. Just don't touch it, because you don't want to catch some nasty germs with your bare hands. Put it into the garbage bag that doesn't have the glass in it, and get ready to roll and just continue onward. Now, if you find that you're getting a large amount of it or you anticipate it, you could have a third bag that people dump their poop into. But if you're doing that, you have a massive, like, goose poop bag that you're all sharing, then my recommendation would be to bring a beach pail just for that purpose, like a children's beach pail or a bucket, and fill that with the poop instead of the regular garbage. You don't want to be picking up goose poop if you don't have to, but if you're going to have to, do that. There's nothing wrong with it. And 
yeah, you know, they're probably pooping up again, but you're doing your part to just help a little bit less E. coli get into the ecosystem. Because we're kind of overrun with those cobra chickens right now. They're mean, and they poop a lot. But yeah, <laughs> definitely do that. And then put it all in one giant poop bag. And you could either dispose of it properly, um, take it to a goose poop dump. If there is one near you, people do actually collect goose poop for fertilizer. So if you know someone who's doing that for their like gardens or something, go right ahead. But again, don't transport poop long distances. <laughs> um, maybe leave it in its own container by, the, by the, the area. This is why you want to talk to the park rangers before you start doing this sometimes. They could tell you what to do with it. Or they might tell you to leave it alone altogether. Make sure you schedule for it not to take longer than three hours. You know, doing something too long like this, although it seems like a good idea, really isn't. One of the reasons is it's cold. The main reason though is if you make it to where it's a huge chore, people won't do it again. But if you make it fun, it's great. You can sing work songs, <laughs> like Old MacDonald got goose poop. E-I-E-I-O. I don't think there's a trademark or copyright on that. I hope not. I really hope not. But yeah, you get my point. Have fun with it, you know. And then afterward, after that three hours at the most, everybody goes out to get something to eat together. You have a good time. This is when washing your hands is extremely important as well. Because if you start building camaraderie, if you start building that fellow feeling, that fellowship, then what will wind up happening is that you're more likely to do it again. And don't just do it at one beach. You can do it at more than one beach. But there's a special thing that happens when you do it on a beach that has seashells, like at Luna Pier. You've got to be careful not to disturb too much. But on the other hand, you got to understand that if you're looking for bottle caps, they may be caught in amongst the shells. So it's going to take a little bit more time. That's why you want to schedule short bursts of activity. You don't want to get overwhelmed. And also, you always want to make sure that if somebody gets tired, they can rest. You're not the boss of them, and I'm not the boss of you. So make sure you give yourself plenty of time and be gentle with yourself. No cap. I learned that from my daughter. No cap. That's like no lie. You see what I did there? No cap. Bottle caps on the beach. You get it? You're not laughing. Come on, that was a good one. Okay, there had to be one mom joke. Okay, there had to be one. All right. Remember I said there would be a reward at the end? Here's the reward. You get to look at a clean beach and say, I did that. That's a reward. And if you find any really cool shells, you may take one, just one. You don't want to decimate the area. Even better if you don't. But here's the best thing you can do. Leave some beach art. Take your tools and draw a big heart in the sand and everybody can sign their name in the beach. 
and then you take a picture together in front of the heart. Now one of you is going to have to take the picture, or you can get somebody else to do it. You can take multiple pictures, or one by one. And then you can put it up on your wall and frame it as a reminder of the good deed you did, and you can make it a regular thing and add to it until you get a collage. And that's your reward. A little wall art. How cool is that? Wall art. Eco wall art. There's children outside. Can you hear them? The bus just arrived. <laughs> but yeah, that would be awesome. And then you can sign it together, and that would be your reward. Now, of course, you have to print it out unless you've got a Polaroid. But trust me, having that kind of art on your wall will make you feel good. You could even give it to someone, like the person who sponsored today's episode, and have them paint it. That would be awesome. Or not. Just the photo's great too. Or just the memory. And that's your reward. You know what my reward is? Sharing stuff like this with my friends. And we're friends, right? My reward also is seeing a cleaner Michigan. And I hope you'll join me in that. As well as joining me on the next episode of my magical cottagecore life. See you then.